I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, supported by Water Wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash. From fertility to birth, pandemic parenting to taking care of ourselves, here we talk the insane joy and anxious defeat, the love, the laughs, the tears, and the moments that we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum. From that first snappy change to those messy weaning months. Water wipes, the world's purest baby wipes. Made here in Ireland, water wipes are clinically proven to be the number one wipe against nappy rash and are purer than cotton wool and water, making them ideal for sensitive newborn and even premature skin. As the number one wipe in Ireland, together we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. Whether it's in the classroom or the football pitch, we tell our children to be kind, not to bully, to speak out and to look after those that might be a little bit more vulnerable. We also tell them in life to do what we do and to see us as their role models. And yet, as we've seen after football games or in workplaces or online anonymously, in groups and gossip sites, adults, women and mothers are sharing hate. In this episode, I'm joined by Claire Balding, best known for her experience of hair loss and creating Trua, a clinic supporting hair regrowth, to talk about online hate, about boundaries being crossed and strangers making her feel afraid, how when she checks their profile, they're often mothers themselves, and how it was in fact this weight of keeping up with not being able to admit to needing a break or asking for help or showing the world that it was even a little bit hard, which contributed to her alopecia and hair loss in the first place. I understand this fear of being judged or shamed or cancelled or thought of as less, but I know that we are raising brave. So we need to do better because hashtag be kind is not enough. If not for each other, because our kids are watching our every step. Claire Balding, thank you so much for joining me on Every Mum the Podcast this evening. Um, it's so lovely to see your face. Thanks. I know I've been kind of missing for a while, haven't I? But yeah, I'm, well, I was going to say back with a bang. I'm not too sure, but I'm back and dipping my toe in again. But thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. No, it's a really important conversation. And it is something that I couldn't think of anyone better to talk to about it than yourself. And that is that as parents, look, all we're trying to do is to teach our kids right from wrong. We're trying to raise good people. We're trying to get them to treat others with kindness, but stand up for themselves, you know, to have courage and self-esteem. But as a mother, sometimes that's really hard to do because perhaps ourselves, we, we might talk down about ourselves in front of our kids mm-hmm. and how we look and how we feel about ourselves. And we pass that on. Or maybe we talk about other people in, in, their kid, in our kids' company and they overhear it and they think it's okay to kind of do small little bitching around mm-hmm. people or or else maybe they see us bully or they experience us being bullied yeah. by adults, by women, by other mothers. Mm-hmm. And it kind of scares me. And don't I don't, me. And I don't really know what to do about it. And I don't think this conversation is going to fix it all. But mm-hmm. you are someone who has shown up in this world as a like, right, something has happened to me physically my identity my esteem my hair you, you 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 know you didn't 
shy away from it. You lent fully into it. Yeah. And now I feel like you're doing that in a, you know, standing up to the trolls, standing up to the bullies. Yeah. Kind of. It depends on side of the fence that you sit on because most people, Sinead, would say like, most people say, don't let them win, Claire. You're after letting them win. Like I had so much conversations with people who have a lot more followers than I have, you know, friends that I've met over the years. And they said to me, don't disappear. Like you're just giving them more room. Like don't let, don't, you know, dim your light and all, you know, all this bleeding quotes that we all see everywhere. Right? <laughs> you know, don't let them do this to you, Claire. But actually there comes a point where you're just taking control of a situation. And that's what I kind of felt like I was doing. And that was to protect me and to protect my family. And that's all I ever want to do. That's my one job in life is to protect them and to protect my husband. So really it wasn't a case that, you know, I was letting them win or, you know, their words were affecting me more, even they weren't. They, I mean, I get this all the time, you know, it wasn't that they were affecting me more at that time. It was that I needed to just check myself, you know, and just make sure that it was okay. And I stepped back from social media for six, over six months and Jesus, I've never felt better, you know, and I, I feel now, do I feel like I'm back to the way I was? No, it actually takes a little while to trust people again. I'll mm. say that. And even though my audience are fantastic, you know, I, I, you know, I just, it's just, I'm hesitant still, you know, to actually get back into it fully. And they've got a bit of stage right as well. I'll admit too, like, you know, like there's, it's really terrifying to see like 75,000 people staring at your story. You know, it's, it's kind of, I'm, and before that I took that in my stride because it happened very quickly and never stopped. Mm. So then when you take a break from it and you actually, you know, take that, it's like, oh, Jesus, Claire, you're nearly filling Crow Park here with the amount of people staring at you and your life and what you say and what will they take from what you say? And what if I insult somebody and I don't mean to, because genuinely I don't mean to, you know, and like all that stuff. So I think that there was, you know, two opinions on that. Am I letting the trolls win or am I looking after myself? And definitely it was from a place of, you know, I was trying to look after myself, which I did. That is hard to do and I thought I'd really miss her because <laughs> I speak about Sinead Claire Balding as a different person to me now you know she's her she's Claire Balding whereas you know I'm Claire Fulham but um I always treated her as my alter ego but now it's very much separated for some reason so I don't know if she'll ever be fully back to her full throttle madness again I don't know um but at the same time, it doesn't take her much <laughs> to go up to 90 quite quickly. So we'll see, you know, but definitely I use that time to protect myself. And I think that's the first time probably since my hair fell out that I did that, that I stopped for a second. And I said, Jesus, Claire, what's going on? What, what are you getting from this? Because I was getting very little, to be honest, anymore. So what is it that you're doing here? You know, you need to kind of reset, I think, a little bit. And that's what I did. And it was the best thing that I, that I did, you know, for me at that time and for my family and Ian, you know, so I'm delighted I did it. So we'll see, we'll see how it continues. But, um, then people say, I thought you were gone. I'm like, Jesus, Maureen, like you've changed your mind a hundred times today. You know, this kind of thing. I'm like, I've given you a break now. If you, it's just, it's the whole world, the, the social media world's crazy, you know? So I don't know if, if it, uh, it will be ever the same again, but sure, look, we'll see. We move. <laughs> Take us back to the, the roots. <laughs> Take us back to the roots of this alter ego, Claire Balding, because she started at a point in your life, like she, she, she was born, mm -hmm. you know, 
in a part of your life where you were feeling incredibly vulnerable and she was born out of you wanting to help others that felt in that same space she was not born out of hi I'm here to be bullied and trolled yeah yeah I used to say that I used to feel sorry for myself and I'd be like like why do people not like me like I'm really just trying to change the world here and get people to think and my friends like exactly you know people you know especially women have a real problem with people being authentically themselves you know it drives them fucking crazy because most people online are edited you know most people online are so when someone sees someone being an absolute head case they're not giving a shite what Moira thinks or whatever that does something to people you know and they're like that's exactly why you're, you're getting trolled that's exactly why it's difficult for people to accept you know that you are the way you are but yeah Claire like literally this time five years ago I spotted a bald spot on my, on my head and I, you know, very quickly just kind of got on with the day. And then I was like thinking about it. I was like, Jesus, Claire, no, like you're shedding an awful lot of hair. So went to the doctor, very little help, to be honest. Uh, then I, I got a cancellation for a trichologist, went into her and she said, yeah, you've got five big spots on your head, big patches. One was the size of my fist, like, um, and I didn't even notice. And she goes, it's going to get worse before it gets better. You might have to get a wig. And I was like, I was 27, I think at the time, maybe I was heading for 27, but anyway, yeah. And, um, I did like in three weeks, I was in a wig. It got a hell of a lot worse before it got better. Um, even when it got better, it still wasn't better. Mm. Even when it got better, it was harder because I think once I had my wig, people thought I was fixed. And I was just about to actually smash into smithereens on the ground. That was, the hair loss was just the start of this big old iceberg underneath it, you know? So it was kind of, it was a tough one, you know? But Claire Balding was born. Basically, I put up a Facebook status to my 500 close friends and just said, like, this is happening to me. Does anyone have any advice? And I remember putting that up and it was genuinely to those group of people. I did not think that it would get shared. And I remember posting it, went out to the back garden to play with Elliot and Farah and came back and I was like oh my god and the Irish Independent had written about it or to you were ringing me people wanted to talk to me and I was like oh I don't know I can't really deal with this because mm. this is just happening to me I don't even know if I had a wig at that no I did yeah sorry I just got in the wig maybe two weeks or something um and I remember a friend of mine Eleanor just said you know this this is you Claire like you you know it's, there has to be some reason why this is happening to you so make that your reason like talk mm -hmm. about it because I'm you know regardless of my hair I was always one of those people that kind of wore their heart in their sleeve and you'd know what I had for my breakfast lunch and dinner how many wheeze and poos I did a day like that's just <laughs> who I am you know so it's hard for me not to do that you know that's the way I am that's the way I live so I did I opened like a but like made a Snapchat account. Eleanor actually came up with the Claire Balding thing. We had a bit of a lull at it. And we said, come on, we just go with it and see what happens. So it went from there and just different people talking about, I suppose, Claire Balding built an audience quite quickly. But it, yeah, it was initially kind of, I suppose, for those reasons, I wanted to create awareness about it, but ultimately I wanted my hair back, you know? And then it kind of escalated from there because as I said, the hair loss was just the tip of the iceberg, really. It was everything else that, why did it fall out in the first place? So with that brought, like growing my hair, like I have a full head of hair now, Sinead, like it's hair coming out my bloody eyeballs now at this stage, but it has shaped my life ultimately and completely since it happened, you know? Well, talk um, to us about that. What, why, why, what was going on that triggered this physical response? 
I still don't know. Definitely. You know, I think it's one of the biggest causes of, I had alopecia or I still have alopecia areata. So that's like coin shite marks all over the scalp and um, that can grow into masses. And that's what happened with me. So I lost 85% of my hair and really only like there's a part here that didn't fall and it feels totally different to the rest of my hair. And I can pick mm. it out like that. Like that was the only bit that didn't fall out. And I kept it like, I don't know like why I kept it, but I just like your child's first curl or something. I just kind of had to hold on to it. And I'm glad I did now. Cause I don't know why I just feel like, you know, it's just this little connection to the past of don't forget, like again, this lesson that it's taught me, you know, but, um, yeah, I kind of, I suppose I, I was a young mom. Like I was 27. I had two kids. Um, and I was trying to talk to him because I was telling him that I was recording with you tonight. And I was trying to talk. I said, what were the early days like when we were parents? And he was just like, they were grand. And I was like, no, Ian. like that's, you're looking at that with rose tinted glasses. Like they were shit. Like we were exhausted. We were this, we were that. But, you know, we look back of such fond memories of when Farrah was a bit, she's 10, she'll be 11 in October. Like, you know, we were 23 when we had her. So we never really had a chance to grow up. We still live with both of our parents in Marino and Fairview. We like to you know we never had it. We didn't ever have our own space. We never had our own money, really. We didn't have anything, you know. So we went from being really large kids to being parents, you know, and uh, we were very lucky. Like we were saving to go around the world. And that was then a deposit for the house in 2010. Sure, everything went tits up and, you know, we were able to buy a house where we grew up and we suddenly became parents. And actually, when I look back on it, Farrah was grand. We loved our life. Like we had the best four years. Oh God, it sounds awful, but we had the best four years. Yes, there was dark days, there was hard moments. There was, you know, am I doing this right? And all the questions that especially mammies have. But we really had a lovely little setup, you know? And then Elliot came along four years later. And again, it was just like, oh, this is gorgeous. And we just played house because that's what we were doing, really. So we played house and then all of a sudden Elliot was a year and a half and my hair started to fall out and I think it was stress you know and sometimes when I, it took me years to say that like if this was probably even this time three years ago Sinead I wouldn't say that openly you know because I was so ashamed that it was stress I was so ashamed that I couldn't you know I'd hear my mom and she would never say this but I'd hear well I had three kids and I'm grant this kind of thing or yeah. you know Mary has such a stressful job and she's got seven kids like how am I not coping with this and you know I was hard on myself and I think I was hard on myself the minute I found that I was pregnant at 22 because I was like Claire you'd want to get your shit together hon and you'd want to prove everybody that things like this is a disaster that this is the most perfect fuck up Claire is going to ever make you know so I think that it was just a build-up of really five years of madness that I never gave myself a breath and Elliot didn't sleep very well he slept shy actually to be honest he never slept um, and I think it was that whole build-up and then something's got to give and I remember loads of things physically actually happened to me through those years like I gained a lot of weight I lost a lot of weight really unexplained never stopped me kept going 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 got I got bad skin at one stage I had a rash an unexplained rash I was like, <laughs> putting pseudo cream on it and just getting on my lo I never looked after myself you know and then when my hair fell out it stopped me in my tracks and I said okay hold on a second here what the hell is going on? And I remember one GP who was actually like, you know, worth, worth her weight in gold. She said, I have, I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I actually think when I look back on it now and I was begging her for medication and she was like, you don't need medication. I was like, no, 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 I'm not leaving here. Like I was, I was like, call the guards because I'm not leaving here. I was absolutely out of my mind. And it was just the stress of the whole hair thing. And 
I remember she said, I have alopecia areata. And I was like, oh, here we go. And mm. she had the most beautiful black long hair I've ever seen. She looked like Snow White with extensions in, right? She was gorgeous. And she picked up her lovely big huge take care and she showed me all of her patches. And she also showed me patches that had loads of hair coming through them. And she said, look, like it's, it's going to grow back. It's really going to grow back. And she goes, what's your favorite physical thing about yourself, Claire? I was like, my fucking hair. And she was like, you see? She goes, that's your body telling you that something needs to give here, hon. So cop on you know and I remember that and I didn't get the medication and I went home and I opened my phone and I spoke to thousands of people about it and for some strange reason that healed me a lot you know that that kind of outlet because it's such a weird thing alopecia because you know there's no explanation for it really there's no definite thing you know so people were really worried about me like what's Claire harboring like is she okay like Ian was living with me and was like you're fine what's going on like is there something that you're not telling me and I was like I don't know like and I was confused so it was a nice thing to kind of I suppose you know I suppose get my worries out to other people that I didn't have to like like lump in with them or lump my mom or lump my friends with them because I was like oh, they're worried about me enough like I'm not going to tell them that I'm worried about buying wigs for the rest of my life because how am I going to ever bring my kids on holidays because they're two and a half thousand euro each like all these things that you think about that you never think you're going to cross your door you know so I think definitely it was stress that brought it on and I think that especially moms and dads like we we pretend we're not stressed because other people don't look stressed or act stressed and I can tell you now and you know Sinead every mommy and daddy are stressed at some point you know and it doesn't matter what stresses you out and it really takes very little for that physical stress to start appearing in your body whatever that is you know and it's something simple as like it's just a given isn't it oh well you've no sleep you've a newborn like what you expect and it's just it's like going oh god even like I was always reluctant to ask for help because I didn't want to burden people like my mom lives around the corner Ian's mom lives around the corner like I should have just said can someone take this child for two hours please I don't give a shit what you do with them just take him away from me for two hours so I can sleep but I was no 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 I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and weirdly I kind of was fine you know I, I wasn't hugely struggling but I was tired I was really tired and I was tired of pretending that I had it all together and I was okay. And that's the kick up the bum. And as I said, anything else could have happened to me, but when it was my hair, it was when I stopped and I, I kind of go, okay, Claire, so, so you have to do something about this. Something's not working here. You know, you can't get rid of the kid now. You love him, you know? So you have to, <laughs> you have to do something, you know, something has to, has to give. So I think that was, I suppose, the root <laughs> of the problem. That was why my hair fell out, I think. It doesn't take it's much. There's so much in that. There's so much in that that I've heard so many times told in so many different ways. Yeah. And it's, it's a mother's overwhelm. It's a mother's trying to prove to the world that she's got this because yeah. God forbid somebody does the thing that harms her esteem most, which is mm -hmm. criticizes her. Mm -hmm. It's you were so young. So you even had a heightened sense of like, I can do this. I can do this. I'm an adult. I can do this. I promise you I can do this. Mm -hmm the not asking for help, the, the not understanding that we're not meant to, to do it this way. Mm -hmm. We're not meant to be on our own doing it this way. And the perception that, oh, so-and-so who has this fancy job and seven kids and she's fine. Mm -hmm. the perception that she's fine. She's not. She's not. <laughs> she's not. Yeah. She's not. None of us are. Mm 
-hmm. But that compounded with the early years of motherhood and even what motherhood and its hormones does to our hair Mm -hmm. and our skin and our bodies. And then we don't even have the space to look after ourselves. We don't have the space to sleep or to cook something nutritious for us. We'll do it for our kids, but then when it's us, we'll have the crust of bread that they don't eat. I know. And we'll be like, still talking, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. This podcast is just one way that every mum can support you. Another amazing way is with our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash. To receive yours, just register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. Yeah, I think it's just the most, isn't it? Being a mom, even though like I, di- I didn't plan my pregnancy at 22, you know, it was an, a big bloody surprise, you know, but you just expect to be good at it. Cause I look at my mom and she was always so good at it. You know, and she was always, she always did stuff like always a clean socks and shit. And I was like, how am I going to keep on top of the washing? You know, I always just, I always went to ballet. I went to karate. I did German and French lessons outside school. Like, you know, even when I was 18, she was still carrying me along. And I was like, holy God, like this is a lot, you know, and you just expect to be good at it. And you don't, there's nothing prepares you for it. Nobody tells you. And, you know, I really believe that the shit bits are really what we should be sharing more of. Mm-hmm. There is enough baby weaning recipes out there for you. <laughs> okay. There is enough ways to get your kids to sleep. There's enough. No, there's you know, not. No, <laughs> yeah, no, there's no, not. You know? not. I take no. that back. My no. six year old's still walking around the house and asleep. So <laughs> I still haven't cracked it. But, you know, like there's, there's, what about all the shit bits? What about the bits? And that's why I love... But we're afraid. We're afraid to share the shit bits because we're afraid to think, we're afraid for other people to think that we can't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it looked like you needed help, Mm -hmm. it was a judgment upon you as opposed to a rallying call to support you. Yeah, which is crazy. It's crazy. And I, I still feel even let's say my mom's generation or Ian's mom's generation, you know, like there's still that a little bit short, Claire, what are you telling people that for? They can't, they can't understand me at all. Like I'm an absolute (laughs) puzzle to them, but you know, there's this, there's this level of guilt there about like, you can't tell people that and I don't need to only tell the priest those kind of things, Claire, like back off. But like, you know, it's just about trying to I think that's why these kind of spaces are so important because I think like as mommies, we're all so connected, like so connected, like, and it was, you know, we, I, we were so young. So very little mommies around for me when I was that age, you know, and still, I'm still the young one. Like I remember Ian saying to me, it was so funny when Farah was starting school, when she was nearly five, she started. And I was like, I feel like a dope up here because it was very visible that I was younger I would looked much younger than she <laughs> last five years has not done me good but I was remember going you know Jesus like I stick out like a sore thumb you know and I remember Ian said yeah but Claire in five years now you'd be delighted mm. and I, I, I was like no I don't think it's like no you will be delighted but even it's it's like you know Farah's mom here I am the third party again what am I like <laughs> Claire Fulham Claire I'm the, the weird one, the funny one, the one that gives out to the kids, but the one that they come to still, you know, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm the cool mom, you know, but we all have these huge connections with each other, no matter what stage you're at, you know, and like that, I look back on my two kids being babies and like, it, that was actually grand. This stage is hardest, you know, it's absolutely not like, it's just, 
what you're going through now is totally relative to you. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it doesn't, it doesn't get easier. It's different, you know, and it moves on a little bit. And, um, that's why we continue to have more bloody babies as well. Do you know, exactly. like, yeah, we do look back on it and go, Oh, that was lovely though. But My as you said, <laughs> instead of the weaning recipes, we need to be taught the tools to cope yeah. with the immensity of it. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, like you can love your child and still say it's hard and it's hard every single day. Yeah. And like, how did it feel then? How does it feel? Mm-hmm. How did it feel? I, I don't know. Is it still going on? But you had spent, you had lost your hair mm-hmm. fighting to prove that you were doing really good at this and you were striving at this and you had everything covered and you didn't need help and you were doing great. Mm-hmm. And then you had this success, you had this connection, you had this community of support that was telling you, it's okay, Claire, and thank you for telling us. And me too, like I've lost my hair and you've really helped me. And your esteem grows and grows and grows. And you feel like, wow, this happened for a reason. And this happened to place me right here, right now to help all of these other people. And then the nastiness kicks off. Yeah. It's very bittersweet, I think, because I think that you kind of like I remember being Ireland's sweetheart Sinead, right? When I had about twenty thousand followers. That I always say, Jesus, that was great times, you know, because people I was new enough to the scene. I was very different actually. But when I when Claire Paulding came on the scene, there was very, very little room for imperfection online. Now it's gotten better over the years, right? There's people talking about all sorts of causes and, you know, differences, you know, and um sticking up for things that maybe were a little you know, people didn't want to speak about some but when I got there, it was very different place. There was only maybe about you know, 20 people online that were big online, let's say, you know, and they were all incredibly beautiful and they were all incredibly, you know, perceived a lifestyle, you know? So when I came along, I was very different and people caught on to me quite quickly and Claire Balding grew very quickly. Um, So I remember, as I said, being Ireland's sweetheart. And then I remember the minute I earned any sort of money from Claire Balding, everything changed, you know, and not, come here, again, not everything. As I said, mm. 80,000, if there was 800, he just given out about me, I'm still doing grand in my book, you know, but like, you know, things changed. People didn't like that, you know, I could possibly, you know, pay off my credit union loan. That's the reality of it. I was not rolling the money, you know what I mean? But I, and, and in my view, I was like, I'm doing it in a really authentic way. Again, I'm putting on a live show. You don't need to come if you don't want to, but you know, I, I'm not selling you something that won't work or that you won't like. Yeah, I'm not taking, it's not diet pills. No, I'm not. I'm not doing anything that's you know that I, I suppose, gave out about in the past. You know that I would have said. Now hold on a second. Are these women or these people representing us? Like, are, are they? You know, and, and what is it? So I was always very much a vocal. You know, vocal about that and vocal about be careful of who you watch online. You know, be careful of you know, the stuff that you take in because that becomes your reality then in some ways. And, you know, make, do I look like them? They're out for brunch with their two second old. (laughs) They're doing this, they're doing that. How? And there's this kind of complete comparison there, you know? So I do, I remember, you know, kind of having that little bit of, you know, I suppose, really, really nice community. And then the bigger you get, of course, the more eyes on you, the more opinions there are, you know? And it was really bittersweet because not that, come here, not everyone's going to like it. We're not here to be positive to each other all the time. We're here to learn from each other and different experiences, you know? 
So, you know, I, I really, when it took a turn for the worst last year, I think last year was very bad. It's 2020. Mm. People were at home, you know, people were going through an awful lot of things. People were stuck places where they might not have wanted to be or it wasn't safe. And there was loads of different situations. I think the trolling heightened last year, definitely. And I think that, you know, it no longer became a safe place for me anymore. And that was for loads of different reasons. And, um, you know, but I think that, it, it was a really sour taste in my mouth and I, I had to, you know, just protect myself. But it did take a turn. Again, not too bad, you know. There's still so many thousands of gorgeous women and men, um, you know, that are so kind. It's a lovely, it's still, and it will always be a fantastic community and something that I'm really proud of, actually. Um, but it has come with a few stingers along the way, definitely. But it was enough for you to walk away from the platform that you had built but had built to support people through your balding experience. Mm-hmm. It was enough to, to make you feel not safe. Yeah. I suppose it gets back to this thing about being a mother and raising your kids. And what I love about what you've done was like, you know, you've shown Farah, you know, if you're, when you grow up, if you lose your hair, you don't get embarrassed and hide mm-hmm. and feel bad about yourself. You can, you can, in a positive way, tell the world that this happened to you. Mm-hmm. Learn that there's something going on. Investigate it within yourself. Ask yourself, is there something that you need to, to fix or to talk about? And the world will accept you. The world will love you. And the world mm-hmm. will be there to support you. And other people in the world will stand up and say, oh my God, thank you for talking about this because I thought I was the only one doing it. Yeah. And that's a really such an amazing message to to show your daughter and to pass down and for my daughter to to know of you you know when she's old enough and mm-hmm. and or like there'll somebody somebody else because of you will talk about their alopecia or yeah. whatever what your thing is problem it is yeah and feel like oh you can do that and you won't get bullied mm-hmm. you can do that and girls in school boys in school won't pick on me mm-hmm. And then take that to a grown-up world. And then it's like, what I'm seeing is it's not just kids and kids. It's adult on adult. Yeah. And what kind of scares me even more, there's a lot of mam on mam. Mm, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Like a lot of the, if I get ever get sent, no, not all, but maybe like, well, maybe Jesus, like eight out of 10 times, if someone is nasty to me online and I'll click into their profile, they have a kid beside them, you know? So even if that's not their daughter or their son, like it's their nephew or their neighbor or the child in mind, it's someone, obviously, if you're worthy enough to be in my profile picture, I care about you, you know? <laughs> so like it's somebody connected to them, you know? And I, I, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. And the only kind of thing I can kind of come down to is that, you know, they're having a hard time themselves. I don't excuse them for it. I don't think it's okay still, but I can only imagine that, you know, being, I felt it. We all have like feeling lonely, feeling hard done by, feeling just fucking exhausted. Mm. Your self-esteem's not good. And sometimes that brings out a nasty side in people, you know, and they take it out on people online, you know? And I really don't think that it's, as I said, it's not an excuse, but I can only put it down to why would you ever attack someone knowing that that could be your daughter or your son one day? You know, I would just never do. Is there people I don't like online? There's too many to even, even think of, but I would never in a million years write it down somewhere with the, 
thinking hard feeling that they would see it one day you know that they would ever or their their child would see it one day because Farah's at an age now where she loves to google and she has googled her name and Claire Balding is right behind it and I'm like how the fuck do I protect her from this how do I because like this turbulent years ahead for me and Farah like mothers and daughters aren't the relationship isn't always perfect you know this whole new chapter for us and I don't want you know, rumors or strangers or shit to make that harder for us because she's my baby, you know? So it's, it's kind of, it's a hard one, you know, to kind of say, it, it's just crazy to me that a mommy or a daddy could ever speak, you know, and not just speak ill of somebody, tear them down, you know, and whatever that is, physically, mentally, make up lies about them online. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me. And I can only think that perhaps they're just in this, really bad space it's not okay but I hope that you get out of it one day actually because it's vicious and you that will seep into your children of course it will like I even know and like that I said like I used to say Sinead I still do and I catch myself all the time like oh like I'm a fat shite or you know the state of my spots or like just normal conversation that we all batter each other ourselves with and I'm really really trying now and I have done for about a year or so really trying because she's in such a a different stage now where she's getting self-conscious and it breaks my heart that she doesn't think she's beautiful because she's the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen in my life but it breaks so that's all ahead of her so I'm trying my best you know but then when you're trying to contend with people who are trying to be nasty to you and you're I'm a grown-ass woman like I'm 34 next month I'm grand I'm all right like but it's it gets at you sometimes and people attack you so you're almost interfering with my parents in here now, hon. Do you know what I mean? Don't do that because you're, you're messing with my family. So that's, I suppose, the, that was the, I suppose, the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back for me because I was so upset at Christmas because I saw pictures of my house, my registration plate, everything else in a, in a Facebook group or whatever it was in. And I was so upset going, Jesus Christ. And they weren't just outside my house. They were in my garden. And I was like, okay, this has gone beyond now anything I can deal with here. I have to step away. You know, I have to come away from this. And for Farah and Elliot, I mean, you know, not like, you know, I couldn't really care less if people don't like me, but just to protect them. But it is strange that a lot of mammies and daddies do this, you know, are cruel to people, are mean to people, bully people. Like that's what it is, harassment stock you know these are mammies and daddies sometimes and I just for the life of me I can't understand it I'm the first one like Sinead I give my brothers a hard time I give my friends a hard time I give the, the slag and I give in I'm one person like that's how I communicate you know we back and forth have fun like I think a lot of Irish people do it's our kind of natural way of communicating it's a sign of affection really if I you know slag my brothers it's because I'm trying to say I really love you but I can't because I'm Irish and I'm a freak so I'm well able to slag and have fun and I live my life that way but there's a way of doing it as well you know there's a way of delivering things you know writing things down and sending people awful messages I was told to hang myself the other day like it's crazy you know it's absolutely crazy because you don't know what people are going through you know we don't and I speak to some of my friends and Jesus they're like that are online and they're in really bad places but you never think of it from their Instagram account you know mm -hmm. ever um 
you know, I've had to have words with them about that as well, because, you know, like just take a break. Like, no, no, because what if I lose my audience? What if I, there's all this stuff built up on this and we haven't really experienced any, like, anything like that before, you know, this kind of, I suppose, reliance on an income, like, cause let's face it, it's people's jobs, you know? And I totally get that. I had to peel myself up off the ground last year and start a business. It's not fucking easy when you can't pay your mortgage, but it's, you know, and, and I don't think it, it's not even the job. It's the audience, whatever that is. It's you know? self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I can't lose these people. You know, I can't do that. I can't lose these people. So it's a really, really tough one. There's, but it's toxic. If, if, yeah. if amongst those people, there are those that are harming you. Like at what point does the balance tip? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And is it, is it good that you're placing that level of value of yourself or you're handing over your own perception of your value mm-hmm. to a number that yeah. sits on top of a page on your mobile phone? Yeah. You're more than that. And also how, like, are, are we capable really of filtering out as much as we would like to filtering out those really horrible messages like go hang yourself yeah you know i feel like human connections and the reasons that people have profiles the reason that you had a profile Mm -hmm. to make authentic connections with people to share advice and support and to have this community that are there saying yeah i have a problem too and it's okay you're Mm -hmm. normal if that's the intention, but what you're fed back is so nasty and horrible and frightening, mm-hmm. that's going to harm it you. Will. Yeah. You know, cause you went into this being like heart wide open. Yeah. Like I'm at my most vulnerable place in my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so upset to think that like, you can't do that safely. Yeah. Without, people for no no agenda that I can understand mm-hmm. can just step forward and beat you down in the same way that the kid that shows up in the schoolyard with the braces or the glasses or the spots mm-hmm. is vulnerable and for no other reason or agenda yeah the bullies descend yeah yeah it's quite scary because like that like we've all been that kid. Like we've all been, we've all you know, been that kid. Yeah, we've all, or like not even kid, but we've all been that like the new person in work, or yeah, we've all been like you know feeling insecure in work at times, or feeling insecure in your relationship, or feeling insecure within your own family. Sometimes we've all kind of got situations where, you know, we are susceptible to some form of bullying let's say you know maybe not that harsh but susceptible to criticism or susceptible to you know and I'm actually quite good with criticism like I like when people say do you know what Claire you, you annoyed me when you said x y and z I'm like all right okay let's have a conversation about it and I, I actually did that for years Sinead I used to welcome that I'm like oh yeah okay let's like like especially when I was kind of vocal about maybe uh repeal or like um I was vocal about like the pandemic and stuff. I'd be like, okay, look, we're not going to agree, but like, let's have a conversation. I just want to really try and like understand where I'm coming from. And I used to spend my fucking time doing that. I was like, what are you doing, Claire? Do you know what I mean? What are you talking to, you know, 
Pamela from Sligo with a fake profile possibly, or not even a fake profile, but someone who just actually doesn't like you and doesn't like the fact that you can be articulate in what you're saying to try and, you know, educate somebody else in terms of what you're talking, you know, it just kind of got to me then. I was like, what am I doing this for Claire? It became very much like I was doing it for everybody. And I was, I was doing it for everybody else except for myself, you know, and eventually no matter how thick of a skin you have, or, you know, the relationship you have with yourself, all of that does, you know, get eroded away slightly sometimes when people are nasty to you. It, it does hurt you, you know, and it doesn't have to be constant. Sorry, that's what I was saying. It doesn't have to be constant. It doesn't, I'm not get. I don't get messages every day, like given out to me. And get, mainly, as I said, like nine times out of 10, they're lovely messages that I get, you know, but it's those little things that it's sting you because you're not really asking for it, actually. Mm. You're getting on and you're trying to cheer up you know, Biddy who lives in Dubai, who hasn't been able to get home to see her mom and dad this year, or Michael who's in Canada, who just broke up with his girlfriend and he's, and just tunes in for a bit of home. Like, cause I think that's really, when I think of Claire Balding herself, like she's just a mad opinionated Dublin gal. I understand like that unpopular opinion thing. And I understand that like, you know, debate and spark and conversation. And of course not everyone should agree with everything that everybody no. says online. Certainly not. Like, imagine the world we'd have if that was the case yeah but the motivation to go anonymously and spend outrageous lengths of time back and forth back and forth back and forth back and forth like criticizing and bitching about every little detail about someone's life mm. it, do you understand at all where it's and I know you've tapped on it there, like maybe it's a jealousy, maybe it's their own kind of self-esteem, whatever, but like it's, it's, a, it's a highly popular pastime now. Yeah. Like I still read the Daily Mail from time to time. Do I think it's the most toxic place on earth? Yeah. But I still want to see if like Kerry Katona has like gotten rid of that awful habit she had. So you know what I mean? Like, why do I want to see that? I don't know. I'd never, ever wish her any like, you know, ill will or ill health. And I certainly wouldn't text the woman to tell her that I thought I, you know, to go hang herself or anything else in between. You have people spitting out information all day, every day about themselves. And we are nosy shites. You know, we love to, we love it all. I think it always starts from a good place. You know, I, I definitely only follow people that I think I'm going to get something out. Now I could change my mind in a day or in two years or in 10 years, you know, but you know, I only start with good intentions. Like, oh, she seems interesting. I'll get to know this bit of content here. But very quickly, we know these influencers and we know these people intimately. And I think that there's kind of, I suppose, yeah, that, well, I, I don't know, this entitlement from the audience that they need to know X, Y, and Z. In and the same they, way that the old country village yeah. would have had that yeah. if there was any sort of twitching of windows and scandal going on it would just yeah. get spread like wildfire yeah but now I, it's a permanent pastime for people on their phones yeah and I think that actually we're so much um less connected to our communities in some ways you know like I lived in I've lived in this area my whole life and so is my husband's I know everybody in the area except for the blow-ins we call them I don't live in feckin West Cork I live in Marino do you know what I mean the blow-ins but uh like, you know, and we're so less connected to our neighbors and we're so less connected. It doesn't interest me actually at all 
if like Mary's got a new car, how did she get that new car? What's she working as now? Did she have a fight with her sister? Cause she's not tagging her online anymore. But I know like we see that online. It's mm-hmm. so much more accessible, I suppose. So our community and our neighbors could live on the other end of the country, but we know them better than we know some of our neighbors, you know? So I think it's this natural nosiness that we have, you know, and that, that then gets exacerbated. And if they don't know X, Y, and Z, they'll make it up. You know, it just takes, and I've seen it with my own eyes, the stuff that was written about me that like me, like I was crying, laughing, going, where did that even come from? Like, I can understand like, you know, some things I'm like, all right, well, they're, they're making that up because of X, Y, and Z, but some of the stuff and like the old saying, well, there can't be smoke without fire. There absolutely can, <laughs> there can be, you know, so it's, it's that if they don't know, they'll just fit in their narrative. And it only takes one person to, to say something. And then the whole group will, will get onto that. And that's just it then. That's just gospel. Then. But it must be so strange. Like here you are, you know, you're just a normal woman who lives in Marina with her husband and her two kids, who's building a business and is sharing content online to support people who might've had something else going on with them. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, well, she's fair game. Yeah. Let's have hundreds of reasons to say nasty things about her. Yeah. Or yeah. as you said, to share, like to be in your garden, sharing your car reg, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Like all of those things that you said that are like shocking and scary. Like that's, yeah. I still, I still, I, I, I can't justify how people can't see the line, how people can't see, oh, there's somebody online sharing that. I'm, I don't particularly like it or I don't particularly need it. Yeah. So I'm going to walk away from that or even just say, Jesus, she's wrecking my head in a splinter WhatsApp group. Yeah. A friend. And also leave it at that. Mm-hmm. What brings them into your home garden? You know, like, yeah, that to me is just, it's, it's so threatening. It is. I can't just, I can't create the link. Neither I can't can I. see how they get from there to there. <laughs> and do you know what I find strange as well? Like how, like what's crazy is like, you know, these, there should be studies done on it because it's so bloody interesting yeah. you know, in terms of kind of like just the way people's minds work and stuff. But you like when that person, whoever they were, um, put in those pictures, somebody else surely could have went, for fuck's sake, you didn't go into Claire's garden, did you? Bit far. Bit far. <laughs> Bit far. Because I would have said that, you yeah. know, I would have, if my friends say something, yeah mad i'm like oh my god will you stop like because i'm okay they probably these people don't know each other but it's it's just i still don't understand that i don't understand how no one goes god now there could be some people in there but like you know that's too far because it is too far it's way too far and what i find really bad is i'm an oversharer and i'll put my hands up and say i definitely overshare have overshared in the past and i regret it a little bit to be honest parts of it i regret but um some people don't overshare. They get on, they do their thing, they show their fashion, their makeup, whatever their thing is, and it could be their job, and they, they do their bits and their bobs, and off they go, and they might show a picture of their coffee, picture of their Doc Martens, and off they go with their life. But what scares me is people still know all about them too, because Dublin is a village, and Cork's even a smaller village, and Mayo's tiny, and People know people. And this year, Sinead, which I'm really embarrassed to say, and I hate to say it, I've chosen who I've told things to for the first time ever. Mm. Because someone's telling somebody something. 
you know, and that's a horrible feeling to have, you know, because I've seen groups of, I used to work with Claire. I'm like, who the fuck is that? You know, because mm. people, and, and again, half the truth and then something else just thrown in on top, you know, to make it glittery and attractive and drama-esque, you know, mm. but like, it, and that's not nice. Like, cause I'm not like that, you know, as I said, like I'm quite an open, I'd see you in Super Value Cluster and we wouldn't shut up talking <laughs> for two hours cause you wouldn't get rid of me, you know, but, and I don't like question the people around me, mm. but even though I went on hiatus for six months, apparently they still kind of knew what I was getting up to and small things. That's scary. You know, I don't want that level of exposure. I want to be in some way controlled about that, you know, and I only share what I want to share, you know, but there is times where I look back and go, Oh Jesus, Claire, like what, you know, why, why did you go that far with yourself? Mm. not with maybe your opinions or whatever else but with you like mm. and I remember why saying, did you give away so much yeah. of yourself yeah and like things like like my beautiful children why the feck have I allowed people have opinions on them like what is even that like adults bullying children adults commenting mm. on children adults and they have like you know like they they have spoken about and not just my kid, everyone's kids. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting behavior. And they seem all right with it. And the narrative is, oh, it's such a PC world. Now you can't say anything. No, no, no. That's not an excuse to be horrible and nasty. It's just not an excuse, you know. I'm all for a bit of messing and a bit of slagging and tongue and cheek. Like mm-hmm. the country's built on it. Mm-hmm. But when you go too far, you go too far, you know. What has it taught you about how you would help your children cope with bullies? I, do you know what? I, I don't know if this is wrong or right. Like I'd say a psychologist has listened to this going, oh my God, that poor child, my <laughs> daughter, right? But Farah has, especially Farah, because you know, like Sinead, your first is always the center of your bloody house. Um, and always will. And I'm the first, so I should know, right? But um, the, send, the first always, so I always, and Farah's a girl, like, and you know, I, I anyway, Poor Elliot always gets the, the kind of lesser of everything. I love him, but he's grand. But far as me and far have grown up together, you know, we, we're, we've grown up together. Like I had her so young and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Actually, I remember having a conversation with a family member recently. And she said, when my kids got to me, Claire, I was already fucked. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? She goes, we blame, no, we don't blame, right? But when we get to a certain age, like I did that because my man needs to say that to me or I do, you know, and we kind of backtrack because we all have demons living inside mm-hmm. us and we have things that are ingrained in us. And that's why I'm trying to suppose, you know, not criticize myself or do this because I don't want to pass those traits on to my kids. But I remember she said that to me, she goes, when you, when, when Farah landed on your lap, you weren't broken yet, mm-hmm. but you've just broken in front of her eyes for the past five years. Mm. And I said, oh, bollocks. <laughs> I was like, what have I done to her? And she goes, you showed her how to live. That's what you did. You showed her that things are shit sometimes, but you'll absolutely be grand. Showed her that you can physically look like, I don't even know what I looked like, a poor little chubby Phil Mitchell at times. I looked, you know, and, and all of a sudden, no, none of that mattered to me anymore. No, you know, physically, I never relied on my looks. You know, I was never the best looking in the class, but I got the most boys, Sinead, I tell you that. That's how I was <laughs> <trying> to do. <laughs> I never, you know, that was never important to me, but Jesus Christ, when you lose your hair in three weeks, 
you suddenly see everything else that you can offer, you know, because you've no other choice. And Farah saw that. And I remember the way I kind of, I suppose, dealt with that with her. She was doing a play at the time, Shrek, and poor Princess Fiona was a big deal in our house at the time. And when I look back on, you know, even referring to myself or trying to explain to her what was happening with me, but Princess Fiona, and I got her a Princess Fiona Teddy, she still sleeps there every night. Like, there's mommy. Like, we just laugh about it. Like, but she has gone through all that stuff. I mean, I've been really honest with her. I've told her, especially even the past couple of years, all the shit that's happened to me, I'll be really honest with it. And she's kind of involved with the conversations a lot as well. I obviously, of course, protect her from the depth of it. Of course I do. Mm. She doesn't need to know that. But, you know, she's been there. She's, she's been my little, the, the reason I keep on going, I suppose. I mean, obviously, like us all. But she's seen that. And she's seen that people can be nasty to me. But mommy still dusts herself off and mommy's still fabulous and mommy still makes me my pasta and mommy still brings me to everything that I bring her to and mommy's still mommy regardless of hair regardless of bullying regardless of failed you know ventures regardless of anything you can pull yourself really you can and you know is this going to be the most traumatic thing I'll ever go through in my life probably not I'm very aware of that life's hard but by her I suppose sharing that experience with her there's, there's a reason behind like I do it again like that tomorrow I go through all the shit that I've gone through the past five years and before that as well I, I'd go through it tomorrow to teach her the lesson mm-hmm. regardless of me but it was very interesting when my friend and my my cousin said to me she's like when Farah got to you you weren't broken yet Claire mm-hmm. most of us are broken at some point you know whether that's 22 32 42 52 mm-hmm. She's just helped me put back the pieces together with me, you know, so I'm getting a bit emotional today. (laughs) But, you know, I suppose that's, I don't know if I'm doing that right, you know, I probably haven't, but. But as I I spoke to Keith Walsh a couple of weeks ago about this, about his, what he's trying to do is show his kids that life isn't just one linear process of you go to school and you do well and then you go to college and you go do well and then you get your job and you do well and then you get promoted and you do well and you let it it's like yeah. oh life knocks you things arrive at your door mm-hmm. but if you don't show your kids that that has happened to you in your adult lifetime mm-hmm. are we not under preparing them for the reality of when it happens to them yeah and then right. they think in the same way that you were saying earlier that you were like my mom was just always so good at it yeah maybe she didn't feel that of course she didn't we wrecked her head we were terrible you know and it's the same thing and like like that like I, you know I read and I even speak to like you know people who are only 10 years younger than me and they're like I was actually speaking to a friend of mine like he's literally about eight years younger than me today and he was like oh I'm thinking about like moving away but I'm so scared I'm like what are you scared of like throw yourself into things in life like do your life exactly like no life is linear you know and thank god because all of the pain and the suffering that we go through ultimately brings us a richness that we can't see at the time but now i know that when you do go through those things i really value it like i knew like i went to bad bad time last year didn't like literally had no job i was on 203 euro a week whilst getting trolls (laughs) going geez i'm ringing the bank and going, can I pause my mortgage? No, because the global pandemic came along. So Claire, you're going to have to pull yourself back up here now and act 
and do something. And yes, that's because I have my kids to push me and Ian, well, I had no bloody choice. I had to pay the fucking mortgage, but those things come to you. And I remember for the first time going, you'll be grand in six months. Mm. And I was. Mm. And when you go through, if you don't allow your children to feel and if you don't allow them to make mistakes and to mm. fail sometimes, how are they going to know? And do I, my kind of little bit of advice that I would have, like, do, do, should you allow your children to see the struggles and the pain and everything else? Not all of it, no, because they're kids, yeah? But like, involve them in your life because that's the only way they'll learn. I wish my mom had told me how much of a little bitch I was at times. <laughs> when I came in drunk at 17 or when she couldn't find me and I turned my phone off, I wish she told me how her heart would sink in her chest because that's life. That's, you know what I mean? Or how she hates my dad <laughs> or how she, do you know what I mean? Cause that's life. Like, you know, but we're so, we protect our kids so much because we're terrified because that's all we've done. The minute they came out and they were landed on your chest, that's what you're told to do. And we continue to do that. And sometimes I think to their own detriment. So I think that by allowing them go to, I even know when Farah comes in now, you know, there's her friends and there's a bit of drama or whatever. And, you know, she takes it so personally and she's so sensitive and mm. she's roaring crying. And I'm just really like, oh, Farah. I'm like, Farah. And I allow her to feel the pain and feel everything else. I'm like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, Farah, like, this is grand, like, you know, you'll be grand. You're going to be grand. I'm like, just let the time pass. Like, have your cry. Go, it's really, and I actually say to her, what's that feel like? What's that feel like when she says that to you? What's it feel like when you say that to her? Because she's not a bloody angel either. What does that, what's that make you feel like? And I told her, she was like, where's Claire Balding gone? And I was like, do you know what? Online got a really, really nasty place. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't go in. Of course, I didn't go into the depth of with her. She wouldn't sleep. But, um, because that's important for that generation too, because uh -huh. they are, they're born with the internet. We didn't have the internet when we were younger. Thank God. They're in a different realm altogether. And they need to know that whatever you type online, you have to be responsible for. And you have to act in my opinion, the same way you would online as you would to someone's face, you know? And I saw this, like, I don't know what it was. Like I think a Mike Tyson quote the other day. And it was like, you know, nice. And it was, it was basically like, you know, social media has made you feel like you can say anything without getting punched in the face because some of the stuff that people know I'd never punch anyone in the face but well you know like you know it's true you know you have to conduct yourself like as you would want to or as you want people to perceive you in real life you know um and it's a really important lesson for them to learn I think as well so I was on a Twitter about that as well to say it got really nasty for it. Like not everyone's nice all the time. You'll come across dickheads. You'll just do your best to avoid them. That's what you have to do. Just avoid them. And it's on them, you know, their horribleness or, you know, the nasty things they say is their issue, not yours, you know, and come here. That will take a lifetime for that to sink in, but something will happen far in her life. Mm. She'll remember, She'll remember that. that. Yeah. You know, she will. She'll remember that. It's a big lesson. Yeah. And I think you'll have helped many women tonight figure out how to talk to their own children about it. Um, and you've helped so many women when it comes to loving their bodies, accepting their face, accepting their hair, accepting that this is who they are and there's nothing wrong with them. And tonight even explaining, you think, originated from just the weight of motherhood. Yeah. It's enough to pull your hair out. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not getting help. Mm -hmm. 
and it manifests in all of us in a different way mm-hmm. and just because it's not your hair or you know for me like I was at a physio today because my back is just ruined from like stress from holding my shoulders clenched yeah. you know from not breathing properly, from not saying, hey, I'm going for a walk by myself for an hour. Mm -hmm. Like it manifests in us all somehow. Yeah. And it was a really surprise. I I wasn't expecting you to share that. I didn't know that that's the origin of it, Mm -hmm. but it was a really important lesson. Again, that I heard tonight from you, which is just take such good care of yourselves and show your children how to take care of themselves too. Because as you said, there are mean people out there and they will take advantage of a situation. And all we can do is to try and show our kids how to love themselves, respect themselves and love and respect other people too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm proud to say my 10 year old is very much like that. You know, she's very accepting of people and cares. And every year in her school report, she's going to fifth class now. And every year it comes back and the first line is Farah cares so much about everybody else. And I don't give a shit what her maths is like. <laughs> I kind of care because it's kind of important. But like, you know, as long as she's being a responsible human and is kind to other people, I've done my job really well, do you know? And, you know, her, her maths, thank God, is okay and everything else is okay, but that comes secondary to me. As long as she's happy, you know, and she's okay, Jesus Christ, that's half the battle. I think that... A lot of, and in the next phase of my life and parenting as well, there'll be pressure with exams and schoolwork and everything else. And, you know, I hope I check myself before I wreck myself and her and him. Poor Elliot always gets left out. But that there's more to life. We always find our way, you know? Like, as I said, I never went to college. Well, I did, but Arseways went to college because Farah came along, do you know what I mean? Or now I'm studying now to be a trichologist because my hair fell out five years ago. So life leads you places that you never expect, you know? And, and you have Trua. Yeah, and Trua is all about that, you know? And I think that it's definitely, you get to the place you're supposed to be, just give it time. It's going to be difficult, but you get there in the end. So actually it's more important to me that you're safe and happy in school and in college and in work or whatever you do with your life. That's more important to me than anything else actually completely anything else you know so I hope now come here Sinead talk to me in five years when she's doing her feckin' juniors or whatever we'll see at that point if I still say that but I just I hope that and I've I've learned from you know my own mom and dad's mistakes perhaps as well you know like they used to lock me in my bedroom to study and all I did was write uh, Claire O'Byrne like pretend to marry Ian and then unfortunately I had to marry him then 10 years later but anyway um <laughs> But it's funny how you do learn things from your parents. And that's, I think that is an interesting one that, you know, when you get to your mom and dad, they've been through shit. Mm -hmm. You break, you know what I mean? And for any kids out there, I doubt there's any, but you know, give your mom and dad a break. They're human as well. We're all human. Give yourself a break. You've been through the mill and you'll continue Mm -hmm. to go through the mill for years on end, you know, for a while yet. So just give yourself a break, you know? And if you're on those groups, leave yeah don't add to the just leave just leave for your own sake actually not mine or anybody yeah. else's but for your own sake yeah just think of what what it's passing down and what you know yeah let's think happy thoughts about people and leave exactly. it at that exactly. <laughs> claire thank you so much for being so honest and thank you taking us through basically 
how something that placed you in a really vulnerable place led you to helping lots of people and then how you dealt with the negative side of that and um, I hope Trua goes from strength to strength. I know you're helping so many women who are in the same boat now. And yeah, I really, really appreciate this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash for their support. Proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, Water Wipes are made with just two ingredients and are 100% biodegradable, plastic-free and compostable wipe. And the winners of three National Parenting Product Awards 2020, including Best Baby Wipes. So you can do what's best for your baby's skin and help protect the planet. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate or leave a review. Share this episode across social and get in touch with every mum and this week's guest, Claire Balding or Trua Hare on Instagram. Talk to you again next week.